Hi everyone, this episode was recorded before the latest Doctor Who news and the Comic-Con at Home Doctor Who panel that released a teaser trailer for the fall series. So I just wanted to take a minute to run down the latest Doctor Who news before we get into today's episode. Showrunner Chris Chibnall and the 13th Doctor Jodie Whittaker have confirmed that they will be exiting the TARDIS. Chris Chibnall made the groundbreaking decision to cast Jodie Whittaker as the first female Doctor. Chris is currently writing and producing the 13th series of Doctor Who, consisting of six episodes, which will air later this year. It will be followed by three specials, the first of which will happen on New Year's Day 2022, and with another later in the spring of 2022. Jodie's final feature-length special, where the 13th Doctor will regenerate, will take place in the fall of 2022. Enjoy the show! Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. geek. Welcome to the Temple Geek Podcast. For those of you tuning in for the first time, my name is Monica and I'll be your host tonight as we discuss what Whovians do when Doctor Who is off the air. Whovian is an affectionate name given to fans of Doctor Who. Doctor Who is a British television series that has been running since 1963. This year, the show will be celebrating its 58th anniversary. The Temple of Geek podcast has been around for 2012 and is hosted by a variety of geeky people from the Temple of Geek team. Here we celebrate and discuss all things fandom and geek. And to our returning listeners, thank you again for tuning in. We really appreciate you being here. With me today is the host of the Who New podcast, Eugene, and Doctor Who cosplayer, Doc in the Box. Welcome to the podcast. Can you guys please introduce yourselves to our listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi. Thanks for having me. This is Eugene from the Who New podcast. That's Who New without a K. And uh, I'm just an avid podcaster and geek all around. <laughs> Glad to be here. My hey. I'm Nate. I'm Doc in the Box. I like Doctor Who. I dress up as characters from Doctor Who, and today I wore a Clara dress, so we're doing good. I, I, I saw that <laughs> earlier. That was nice. <laughs> that was my Clara Oswald cosplay that he was wearing on my Instagram. I don't and, know. It uh, might not be anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he looked really good in it, and so, but I want it back. <laughs> So today we're going to be discussing kind of a little bit of what Doctor Who, a little bit of Doctor Who in general, but also what do Whovians do when Doctor Who is off the air? Um, So tell us, I guess, can both of you tell us what your Doctor Who introduction was and where you are now as Whovians? Yeah, sure. Uh, Doctor Who was always in my my the periphery of my brain because it's uh it's been going on since 19, the 1960s and there were like several references in the simpsons of tom baker at some points and i was like who is this why don't i understand what this is and then the i think it's the 96 tv movie came out with paul mcgann as the eighth doctor and that was my first introduction into like live action on the tv something i can see and that theme song grabbed me right away. The the whole f- regeneration thing fascinated me. And then I've just been trying to to grab onto other things and try to figure out what this mythology is ever since. 
for me, it was kind of the same thing. I knew it was around. I was aware of it. I knew it existed. Never got around to watching it. Um, the iconic one that I knew about was obviously the fourth doctor. He was like kind of before everything kind of snowballed with like tenant Matt Smith. That was like the one thing that everyone recognized that was from doctor who. And, uh, I saw a couple friends posting about it and I always meant to watch it. Then, uh, one day Monica's brother was watching it on the TV in his room and I started watching an episode here and there and I'm like, oh, all right, that's pretty cool. I kind of want to kind of get interested in it. It looks silly at times, but it, it seems like it's got a story. So at that point, I dedicated to myself to jumping into it. I started with the ninth doctor, uh, worked my way up, went into the eighth doctor. And I'm not fully versed on classics, but I've watched as much as I can here and there with like what's available, you know, what you can watch here and there. And yeah, I guess I'm uh, pretty knee deep in it because I've got some expensive, expensive cosplay items that uh, I probably would have been able to put home improvements. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we won't discuss the money I've spent on these items because they are they aren't cheap after a while. <laughs> um, yeah, so my story correlates with Nate. Uh, he and my brother were watching Doctor Who. And I remember kind of like walking by, seeing them watch Doctor Who and think like, what are you guys watching? This show looks so bad. The special effects are terrible. Why are you watching this weird show? And they were somewhere um, watching the 11th Doctor. And I was just like, this is weird. I can't believe you're wasting your time on this like really weird, funky show. And then I sat down and I watched the first episode of 11's uh, run, the 11th hour, and I was hooked. After that, I was just like, oh, let me just binge everything. And I I worked through um, the 11th Doctor up until like where Amy and Rory left. And then I went back and started with nine. I'd never heard of Doctor Who uh, up until then. And I think back then Doctor Who was on Netflix. So that's where I watched it. And uh, but like Nate said, we started to invest in cosplay and uh you know, just almost made Doctor Who our personalities. I don't know if you can yeah. say that or not, but uh, that's where we are. And uh, it's just something that like, I've really grown to love more than anything is the Doctor Who community that I love. I love it more than I actually love the show. So um, that's hopefully something that we'll get into as we go on and discuss yeah. more of this. My next question for you guys is what is it about doctor who that you love what is it that you know drew you to the show i just want to add real quick that i met you guys through sort of cosplay as well and i think that's funny that we were sort of like reluctant because i had never done cosplay until doctor who so i don't know what it is Same. yeah <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what it is about the doctor who wardrobe that is so appealing <laughs> I think it's because it's clothing, maybe. It's not like you have to build armor or something. Yeah. Right. It's more accessible. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good word. Yeah. I can see that for the the modern who. And uh, uh, the modern... Okay. So I got really deep into the modern who because Brian, who's a fellow podcaster on the, the podcast I have, is that he introduced me with Tenant and uh, the, the girl in the fireplace... So there was something about that combo of the girl in the fireplace, uh, 
in school reunion, they were on the same disc in season two, which is David Tennant's first season. It, it just showed me that the show can make me feel emotional for a tin dog, but then also feel like I had no idea who K-9 was prior to that episode. That was my introduction to that episode. And yet I was able to understand the history with Sarah Jane and the, the K-9 character. And then watching Girl in the Fireplace, I could see I, the time travel, tiny whininess and the, the bittersweet quality of unrequited love. And from those two cross sections of what Doctor Who is and was, I could see the possibilities of the range that the show could do. And I think that's what really gravitated me towards the show. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. I think for myself, um, what gravitates me towards the show is the overall morality of the show and the characters and the doctor themselves. Um, I I feel like there aren't that many shows specifically geared for like teens and adults. I know people claim it's it's a kid show, but still like there's a a large audience that watches this show and it is a, a lot of it's geared towards what is good. Like, what can I do that benefits not just this person, but people overall or a race or a community or whatnot. And there's also a consequence to the doctor choosing something that's selfish. Like anytime the doctor does something that's wrong or for themselves, that doesn't benefit everyone else. There's seem, there seems to almost always be some type of catastrophic consequence that comes with, with, not going for the good, uh, like an overall good outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really think it's the morality of the show that gears me towards it. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, it was um, what really kind of drew me to the show was it was something I can watch with my kids. At the time, we had really young children. I think I had like an infant when we started watching. He was a so that was about Yeah, he was like nine about nine years ago when we started watching. And so I had a, an infant and an eight-year-old. And my eight-year-old was just so into Doctor Who and he loved it. And it was something that like we were all watching together and there was nothing else out there that was like that. We did have like the Avengers movies, but they were few and far between, you know, like Iron Man was just coming out. And so it was like every few years you'd get a new movie. But Doctor Who was something that we could watch together as a family. And it, I think that's really what drew us to it. And then it was like like a family activity we could do together, which was the cosplaying and going to conventions and, nice. you know, starting to like kind of explore this like comic-con world and our introduction to comic-cons and things like that was like walking in for the first time wearing our halloween costumes that happened to be doctor who costumes that we made at home like that's awesome. you know, really cheesy kind of stuff <laughs> but that was our introduction to like the geek world and to geek fandom and to cosplay and to everything and it was like a family adventure that we went on and through that like you said eugene we met you at conventions and through kind of like the fandom but we've made so many really great connections over the last like 10 years in this fandom friendships that would have never happened had it not been for doctor who 
So I think really that's what I love is the fact that Doctor Who has brought me a community that I would have never been exposed to otherwise. So I think part, I, I feel like I love Doctor Who community more than I love the show, even though I love the show very much. No, I get that. Absolutely. So um, aside from why you love Doctor Who, why do you guys think it has resonated with fans for so long? What is it about it that has made it so internationally loved? Uh, boy, that's a that's a really big big hitter question there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I think it's kind of what Nate touched upon about the morality of the show. Like the Doctor is a good um, moral goalpost or signpost, or he's a standard, or she's a standard to to kind of set your morals against. And there's always the choice that the doctor gives to any bad or invading alien race. Uh, but then the show can also go in between super action oriented, super scary, and then super silly between, and this could all be in one season. So I think that is something that appeals to a wider audience. It's not all just heavy hitting drama it can be whatever it, it, the show wants to be i think for myself what uh what i think resonates with the fans is um yeah same thing the the whole moral compass thing because that's a general overall you know people just want good things to happen um and they want to be good i believe that people do want goodness you know deep down but i think another thing that resonates with fans and why it's resonated for so long is if you give the show a chance, like if someone sits down and actually gives the show a chance, you'll eventually find that the show does have something for everyone, whether it's a doctor that you that you connect with or a companion or storyline that you find overall compelling. I think that there's so much content out there that at some point you're going to connect with the show and just get invested in it. And it's just finding what that connection is for someone to get them into that hook. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there there are seasons you might not enjoy as much as others. There might be doctors you might not enjoy <laughs> as much as others, but overall you're still gonna have that connection and kind of like emotional like an emotional connection to the show, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And I think the fact that the the regeneration process, like every kind every few years you get this reboot of the series, right? You get a yeah. new doctor, it's fresh. So I think eventually you find a doctor that you are drawn to. And that kind of like, you know, was enough to get you invested into like the show or it's enough to keep you, you know, going, even though you might not like all the doctors or all the incarnations of the doctors. Um, but I think the fact that this show has been able to like reboot itself, um, in comparison to like a franchise like, I don't know, um, James Bond, for example, right? Like, you know, that we've had so many different James Bonds, but it's just kind of like the same story of the same man, where in this one, like the story just carries on. It's a, it's a different man or woman. It's a different, you know, adventure set, but nothing in the past is like forgotten. Everything, that storyline is still continuing. So I think that over the years, it's been able to go as strong as it has because of the constant rotation of new actors, you know, who play the doctor and new actors who play the companions. So I think that, you know, 
there's always something there for everybody because there's so many options. And not only that, but like you have the extended universes, the big finio, the big Finnish audio dramas, and you have the, um, the, the novels, the comic series, there's, you know, animated series for Doctor Who. The extended universe is so huge that like, I don't know that one person could know everything about (laughs) Doctor Who. Like, that would be a lot of time invested. But I just think that there's, it's one of the few franchises where you can say there's like something for everybody. Mm -hmm. I I do have an additional comment that might go with it too that I, I thought about is that the show is kind of forever evolving also. And what I mean by that is like, I know it's a time and space show. It goes in the past, it goes in the future. But the core of the show is always correlating kind of more so with with the present timeline, at least for Doctor Who. At least, no, I'm sorry, at least for New Who. Like mm-hmm. you have companions that are usually from our current time frame. So they're using like current cell phones. So we'll go to past episodes and we're like, oh, I remember how it was back then and blah, blah, blah. Or they're talking about Twitter and all these other things. And it kind of evolves with what's going on in the world or what's happening around us um and it gives it a chance to like evolve along with society yeah yeah definitely um before we get into our main topic i do kind of want to i do have some questions about uh who your favorite doctors are and do you have any favorite seasons or episodes like what is your what are some of your favorites among the doctor who series yeah for me personally i i really enjoyed Tenth Doctor, David Tennant, I think he really, like, there was something about the cheerleader quality of him, like he was a fan of humanity that kind of sucked me in, and I, th- I think I also like his costume or his wardrobe the best, like the, the, the blue stripes, or sorry, the blue with the red pinstripes is my favorite suit of his, <laughs> um, and from his run, I mean... Season two with Rose is great. Uh, that has the girl in the fireplace. And then Martha's season, her first episode, uh, Partners, no, Smith and Jones. That was really fun. And she, of course, she has Blink, which is one of the best episodes that people talk about. And then in Donna's season, uh, Partners in Crime, her first official episode, like as the companion episode, is just funny. And then Silence in the Library, that two-parter is is great. Uh, let's see. My favorite Doctor would be 12. And if anyone doesn't know that, then they don't, don't know me very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I, I just love the 12th Doctor. I feel like he has the... I, I loved 9, and then I loved 10. Ironically enough, I 11 wasn't really... I wasn't really fond of Eleven too much uh, for a while. It took me a while to adjust to him. Same here. Loved Twelve from the get-go. He had, didn't have some of the best stories, but um, going into seasons, I did love the ninth season uh, with the Twelfth Doctor. Um, but looking back, I'm, I'm at a really close tie with Series 9 and Series 4. Um, series four with the 10th doctor, I, I think was written extremely well. Yeah. Uh, being that it felt like every episode was a one-off just to get to the final buildup of the series finale where everything was connected. And I feel like that was just so freaking beautifully done. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it's I loved series nine. I love twelve, but series four was just amazing with that. Um yeah. Favorite episode probably uh Heaven Sent. <laughs> Which we we just posted about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you uh, aren't familiar with the Who Knew podcast uh, that Eugene hosts, you should definitely check out one of their more recent episodes <laughs> where we uh, get into a little side debate on uh, on the episodes Heaven Sent and Hellbent. So it's really funny. You guys should check that yeah, out. Yeah, a couple of them oh. got a little Hellbent when we mentioned Heaven Sent. <laughs> <laughs> I'll link it in the show notes so so that you guys can find it. Um, I think for me, uh, I don't, you know, I have a very soft spot in my heart for Eleven because he was my first doctor and he was my introduction to Doctor Who. So he's not necessarily my favorite doctor, but I, he's very special to me, if that makes sense. So, um, and mainly because he was my introduction into Doctor Who. My favorite doctor is 13 right now. And the reason she's my favorite doctor is because I feel like she is the, uh, she is the culmination of everything that all the other doctors have gone through. And in Capaldi's last episode before he regenerates into 13, he's telling himself, be kind, be silly, be good. You know, he's telling himself to not be the bitter, you know, kind of grumpy person that he had been and, you know, laugh hard, run fast, be kind. And I feel like 13 really took that and is a lot of that, what he had like, you know, hoped for her. And so I really love that about 13. I love her lightness and her kindness and kind of like you said, Eugene, like, you know, 10 was a cheerleader for humanity and I think you know 13 is a cheerleader for her companions and she doesn't seem to be ever in one of those situations where she just thinks she's better than anybody or arrogant she's just like always like you get a gold star and yay for you <laughs> and that was a great question and like such a cheerleader and such a like supportive person so other than like her not telling her companions the truth about herself um, <laughs> and leaving them in the dark, um, I love pretty much everything about 13. So, uh, and I think that is something that like, I don't know. I just think that that's the main reason why 13 is my favorite. Uh, favorite season though, for sure has to be series four with, uh, the temp doctor and donna nice for all the reasons that nate mentioned it's just like a solid solid season yes but i also think that that season ruined it for the rest of the season <laughs> because because of that season we're constantly looking for things to connect yeah. and like nothing connects the way that that season yeah. did and like well suddenly also, we're like expect <laughs> well also the ending you can't like top that in my mind with everybody around yeah. the TARDIS console. Yeah. Like they brought everyone. It was like the Avengers of Doctor Who. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like that Endgame thing. Like, you're never going to get that again. No. <laughs> At least not on that scale. And 
And so I think that that season actually ruined every other season and maybe made the fans kind of like explore too much or dig too deep or go too hard <laughs> into the, you know, theories because all, that's, you know, what season yeah. four did to us. And so sometimes I feel like it ruined the rest of us. Yeah, that, that's like a um, tight season. It, it, it was just a culmination of everything. It was just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It was a beautiful experience and I loved it. Do you have, so, do, you know, do you have a favorite 13th Doctor episode though? I'm just curious. Um, I, I really enjoyed her first one, The Woman Who Fell to Earth. And then, um, <laughs> I have The Demons of Punjab, I really loved. I really and liked then, that one a lot. Yeah, that, that one was, was, was one. one of the better ones, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the Kerblam episode. Um, <laughs> And then I also really like the Pating episode that everybody hates. The Sanonga, I can't even pronounce it, the Sanonga conundrum or whatever. Yeah. But I don't know why. Like, I was watching that with Nate, and afterwards, like, we got off, you know, we, we turned the episode off, and I'm like, that was really great. He's like, I hated that. I'm like, did we watch the same episode? Because that was amazing. Like, what are you talking about? And I thought that one was fun and it was clever. And I thought Ryan and Yaz were so good in that one. And Nate was just like, no, that was terrible. I'm like, it's not terrible. It was wonderful. <laughs> so we're in a divided household here. Um, but yeah, those are just kind of some of my favorites. On to our main topic, Doctor Who has a history of long breaks in between seasons, and in some cases, even long breaks during the mid-seasons. Doctor Who has a huge expanded universe as well. What do you do as a Whovian as you're waiting for new seasons? Well, let's talk about the longest break, which I think is referred to as the wilderness years from the 96 TV movie to 2005. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, 15 odd years right there? something like that anyway so I, you're referring to the modern who um i it, it's weird it's this this will seem like a plug but we podcast so we keep doctor who fresh in our minds we're re-watching episodes we're in the middle of um season seven i believe where where amy and rory have left and clara is coming on and then that also gives us an excuse to watch classic who so that allows me to uh, further my knowledge on stuff that's pre the modern version, which is... And for our listeners that may not know, can you kind of run down what your podcast is about yeah. so that they have like an idea? Sure. Yeah, we uh, we started rewatching from 2005 with Christopher Eccleston and we're slowly going forward and we're eventually going to catch up. But what we have found to kind of slow that catch up process is that we're going to tie in classic who episodes with modern who episodes and it i think monica you mentioned it earlier or nate did somebody mentioned it earlier that it's one continuity from 1963 to 2021 it's the same universe and it's the same character and all these companions that have been there in the previous episodes are still referenced and aliens are referenced adventures are referenced so with with new viewers they can get in because of the regeneration the renewing of of the show but classic viewers can also come in and be like hey i remember 
that episode with uh, the third doctor or i remember tom baker and they're referencing something from like genesis of the daleks with uh davros so i think that's a great excuse to kind of dive into older content and kind of see what uh what technology was new like you mentioned nate uh they used uh, bubble wrap because bubble wrap was new and they spray painted the green and it became an alien but we look at that now and we think that's silly but back then that was cutting edge <laughs> and i think the thing that i really like about your podcast eugene is that um when you guys talk about it, you take a deep dive into all those different things. Like you, you talk a lot about like the production. Uh, you take a real deep dive. You have a cast of six on your podcast. Uh, right? I believe seven, and then at most, oh, wow. we, at most we've had like nine or ten. <laughs> yeah, and so it's all these different points of views on one episode, and it's it that that's what I find fascinating. But I also love the way that you break it down where you say, you know, is this episode for somebody who's new to Who, who's a seasoned, you know, veteran of Who, or who's just a casual watch, Right. you know? Um, and so I think that that's what's really fascinating about your podcast. And it's a good place to learn about the history of Who because of all these things that you guys discuss. Yeah, thank you for that. I'm glad you enjoy us. And so is there anything else that you do while you're uh, on a break? Yes. Um, so I, I just generally like time travel. And I think it happened early on with Back to the Future. That's one of my favorite movies. And the way that much like season four or series four is that Back to the Future sets up everything in the beginning of the movie. And by the third act, everything that is set up in the first act is paid off. And that's how I feel series four does with Donna's season. So that has also spoiled me with like the logic and the theory of time travel. Um, so I also like Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap has been available and it's, and it's <laughs> but it's also similar to Doctor Who in that each episode can be something serious. It could be something goofy and it could be something like tear jerking like when he leaps back home and he tries to save his brother, that always, that's just a great, I think it's a trilogy or a two-parter. It's, it's more than one part. That always gets me. And um, yeah, it's, it, it reminds me a lot of Doctor Who as far as uh, it can, the show can be anything. And it's kind of like a, uh, an anthology series where you have, you have Sam and you, the main character, Sam Beckett, and then you have Al, who's the companion, essentially. But then everybody else in that episode is just cast for that episode, kind of like Doctor Who. Besides the Doctor and the companions, you may have reoccurring villains, but you, everybody else in the show in that episode is completely new. Um, what else do I watch? Uh, oh, all the Marvel shows, because... The ones that are on like Disney Plus now, like WandaVision, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, and now Loki, it feels like they're like especially WandaVision, it it tackles different genres or different moods per episode. So that's something that reminds me a lot of Doctor Who. Uh, I can go into the other time travel things, but I'll I'll let somebody else go. <laughs> 
Uh, now, if you want to know how, how to make a show last over time, just take long breaks like Doctor Who and uh, extend your years. Um, man, uh, what what we do in during breaks? Uh, yeah, we watch a lot of other shows. Um, I continually search for cosplay items, both new and old. Uh, it's something I do just in my downtime when I'm bored. I'll go on Depop and um poshmark and ebay and just everything and pay attention to other cosplayer pages because sometimes people put stuff up available because they're not feeling anymore um that's a lot of my downtime but yeah just watching other shows uh we think we i don't remember if it was during the time or after doctor who took a break but we were able to get completely through shows like the expanse um that has four seasons i've watched a number of different newer animes some old uh yeah just you know hanging around chilling um i think one of the things that i have done to kind of keep doctor who going um to keep that Doctor Who in my life while it's off, because it is one of my favorite shows, and it's and it means a lot to me more than anything to the community, is engage with Doctor Who community. And so uh, before that was conventions, right? So we would go to these comic cons or Gallifrey One, which is like a Doctor Who convention in Los Angeles that happens every February. And I felt that even though Doctor Who was on a break, we could still celebrate the Doctor Who fandom by going to conventions, dressing up in cosplay, or just going to Doctor Who meetups in general where people are just like hanging out. Um, early on, Nate and I, you know, were part of a Facebook group that would meet up and we'd just hang out and talk Doctor Who or play games and just like it was just a bunch of Whovians getting together that eventually turned into like you know meetups at conventions and things like that but it was a great place to meet like-minded people and it was a great place to kind of just come together like as a community yeah. and you know going to conventions like Gallifrey One really kind of built that because usually Gallifrey One happens on the off season when Doctor Who is not around. Mm -hmm. So you get to see like, you know, you sometimes if you're lucky, you get a lot of the cast that's there, but you get a lot of the production team there. And it's, it's such an interesting place to go because you can go to like these really interesting panels for like, you know, where you can listen to people on the production team talk, where you could listen to people who create the comic books talk, writers from, you know, both the audio series and also, you know, like the TV show or even the comics, there's just like so much that you can take in and so many ways to celebrate the fandom when you go to conventions. And I think for me, uh, one of the hardest things about the pandemic and being locked down was no longer having that like in-person sense of community. Yeah. Yeah. That was a little bit of a loss for me. But what I did pick up was new television shows. So, um, I think during the pandemic, we binged. There's shows like The Expanse, uh, The Boys, uh, mm. The Umbrella Academy. Did a lot for me because of the time travel. <laughs> I really it did loved... a lot for you because of the soundtrack. Come on. Oh, uh, the music was fantastic. <laughs> like, fantastic. Um, but I, I just really enjoyed shows like that. I think 
I finally watched um, Stranger Things mm. during the pandemic. I hadn't seen that one before. I think I watched that early on during the pandemic, but I did pick up a lot of like new shows. And then until NBC took it away, I was binging Parks and Rec, like nonstop, just like over yeah. and over. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, before the pandemic, the way that I got through the long breaks was just spending time with the community. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of brings me into the next question, which is what has your experience been like with the Doctor Who community, either online or in real life? Oh man, it's, I, I haven't had a bad experience. Like uh, when, when uh, Capaldi regenerated into uh, Jody Whitaker, there was rumors or there was some buzz about the doctor who fandom not liking uh the doctor being female and i was like who are they talking to because everybody i've talked to is on board with uh changing genders there was nobody that said the doctor shouldn't be a woman and i was like is this all fake news and like what's going on here <laughs> so yeah, uh, everybody I've met. Oh, this is what I love. Uh, okay, so I go to a convention, and this is where I now I've never done cosplay, and now I started to do cosplay, and so I'll run into another doctor, and it'll just be like, doctor, doctor. It's just this like weird handshake almost. That's like uh, you're part of the club, you're in this in group, and it's just so welcoming. I don't know how other how, how a different way to describe it other than welcoming because it's like a shared language and a shared uh, secret handshake, uh, a decoder. Like you don't need to decode with these people. Uh, overall, it's been a great experience in the Doctor Who community. And if you if you dive into any community or any fandom, you're going to find like some bits that you don't like, people that you disagree with. Um, some areas where you're just like, oh, I'm just going to stay over here in my corner. <laughs> but overall, the Doctor Who community has been very kind and welcoming and very encouraging uh, with one another as far as like helping with, you know, even mm -hmm. with cosplays, because that's the a big portion of what I've dived into is people helping other people or identifying things and putting things up. And saying, hey, this is where we got this. Or or just like, I don't know, just meetups and hangouts and just uh, amping people up. Like, dude, that looks great, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or whatever. And overall, yeah, it's just been, overall, it's been a great experience, I think. Yeah, that's definitely been my experience. And like you said, I think you can find pockets of people who, you know, might be a little bit sour about, you know, the 13th Doctor being female or who, you know, might just have a favorite Doctor and will turn their back to anything else. Um, but I think as a community overall, the Doctor Who community is pretty awesome. Uh, that's been my experience. And, you know, I have formed some really great friendships that started online and became real life friendships. And then also, you know, it's just meeting new people that I would have never met and seeing the talent in the Doctor Who community, whether it's fan art, 
cosplay building because yeah. uh, you know Nate and I are cosplayers who buy our cosplay. We buy it off the rack, whatever. Oh, I found it online. Uh, but there are people. I I've out had there... to sew and dye and <laughs> color a number of things and paint. Um, <laughs> right, but there. But are I would others... prefer to purchase because it's easier. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For sure. But there are people out there who are making it from scratch, and there's people out there who are, you know, just building these incredible, intricate costumes and cosplays just out of thin air, and I just am blown away by the talent in the Doctor Who community, whether it's like small businesses that have started because of Doctor Who, there's people out there building full TARDIS consoles and life-size, you know, TARDIS, you know, blue boxes and everything. And it's just, there is a lot of talent in the Doctor Who community. And I'm just like constantly blown away by it. So, you know, that's one of the things that excites and that's one of the things that I love about the Doctor Who community is just seeing all this talent. And not only that, but like, you know, podcasters and other like people like they, there's just a lot of talent and I have a lot of love for the community. <laughs> like I said, I think I love the community more than I like the show. The show's yeah. great, but like the community is super great. Um, so uh, do you have any like uh, shows or franchises that you guys would recommend um, or even things in the Doctor Who universe that you would recommend that people check out uh, while they're waiting and, you know, while the show's off the air? Huh. I mean, I mentioned the Marvel series, but um, similar to Quantum Leap would be the X-Files as sort of like an anthology series to that's sort of like Doctor Who because you have your two main leads, Mulder and Scully, and then everybody else in that episode is just for that episode. But then you can jump into like the Monster of the Week episodes if you want that scare factor from Doctor Who. But then there are also very silly episodes. Like my favorite episode from the X-Files is Jose Chung's From Outer Space where the guy's writing the novel and researching it. And it's kind of like a, uh, a Rashomon of an alien abduction like, it did it happen or it didn't happen that that episode is just flat out silly but i love it um but then you can also jump into the uh the conspiracy episodes that can take seasons to to evolve uh so that's similar to like quantum leap like quantum leap has an overall arc but then each individual episode can be taken on its own uh and then if you want something like sort of silly with time travel <laughs> Tubi has had a bunch of like B movies show up on there and sometimes Amazon Prime. So I love going through them because it reminds me of going through a video rental store. Like those don't exist anymore. But like walk, <laughs> walking through the aisles and going, hey, that box art looks cool, but I'd rather get a new, re new release. But there, right. there was something about either the title or the box art that just grabbed me, but not enough to kind of pay money. <laughs> to rent it but one that i have revisited in the pandemic is the transers as in i'm in a trance state like uh i'm hypnotized it's a it's a time traveling cop in the future but the thing with that is that you have to time travel to an ancestor you can't they have to be a relative for you to jump into their body and uh his name is jack death D-E-T-H. That's just so stupid. <laughs> so if you're like weird. There's a typo. Yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to be death, but like they got it wrong. 
Yeah. It's like, leave the A out. Don't make it obvious. Yeah, it can't be on the nose. <laughs> but he's got gadgets. Like, he has a watch that can do the long second, so he extends a second to get away from a hairy situation. So there's got... It's got that, like, gadget aspect of Doctor Who a little bit with the uh, sonic screwdriver. And he, he wears a trench coat, so it's kind of like the Doctor's long coats. <laughs> but it's a very it's a very B-movie. It's very bad. So if you like... So that could also be why you like Doctor Who as well, with the cardboard sets and the, the, the lower budget on certain episodes. Um I can only recommend really Transfers one and two. It goes all the way up to six, I believe. I had three kind of lost me, but one and two are pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, now you were mentioning Quantum Leap, and that that takes me back. I remember watching that when I was a kid. Um, I, does it hold up well? Uh, some of some of the like this will go like inside baseball of production. Like they used special effects and it was all on film so you have to have several passes on film that stuff doesn't mm. hold up as well because it's like super grainy because of what they had to do on a budget a tv budget but yeah if you like the like doing good for good sake because that's what sam beckett's uh, uh what do you call it moral code is he, he wants to right wrongs i i like that yeah, he has to resolve the the situation in order to make the next leap or whatever. Yeah, and it's always not what you expect, so I like that sort of twist. It's like mm-hmm. going down the route that is obvious, and then all of a sudden there's a twist, and he has to rethink his plan. And I like the I like that show. A lot of people don't like it, but I I think it holds up in the the well meaning altruistic nature of his uh, of his mission. Yeah, I, I remember watching as a kid. I don't remember too much about it. I remember, I do remember, I because a lot of the was controlled by the television or whatnot. They, I think we stopped watching it around when like the evil jumper started being introduced, and we're like, okay, this is getting kind of weird. <laughs> um, but another show that I I might recommend. I'm not sure if it holds up well, but I do remember watching it when you mentioned quantum leap and the disposable cast of like other people and so forth was sliders. Oh, that the- and they had like the, the, not like a sonic screwdriver, but it was a little remote control yeah. and uh, the main characters uh, parallel self is the one that solved the equation for him and sent him off on his little screwed up journey and yeah. everything. And yeah, I don't know if that show holds up where I, well, I will but, say, uh, I will say no. <laughs> Okay, be good. And here, good to know. And, and here's why: the first season was pretty good, but then when they jumped from Fox to you, uh, Sci-Fi, I believe they came up. Okay. They came up with a villain called the Cro-Mags, and it was just not the same show. Oh, so in, hmm. so instead okay. instead of the the fun of the show being, what does my hometown look like if one thing was different? It's now we have a villain that we have to defeat or escape from. And I that's not why I watch the show. Yeah, I remember it going through different, sometimes political topics. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what if uh, America was a bad place and everyone was flocking to, to Mexico yeah. instead? Yeah. Um, that was one. Um, what if women ruled the world and men were tra- treated uh, unequally and as sexual objects and stuff? Mm-hmm. And that was another one. 
Um, yeah, they had a lot of those, but I, I didn't see any. Of the, we didn't have cable as a kid, so I didn't see any of the sci-fi ones. So that's why you have a fond um, memory of that show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, one show that uh, is not specifically like Doctor Who, related to Doctor Who, or anything, but I will rave about this show uh, until it. I get a second season because I started watching it. And I didn't expect to get so emotionally involved in it. And it turned out to be a really good freaking show. And I made Monica watch it and got her obsessed into it too. Is Sweet Tooth on Netflix. Nice. I heard <laughs> that yeah. was, it was a really good show. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Doctor Who time or space or anything, but it is just a really good show. <laughs> and I also, I think what's appealing about that show is that it's, it's, and it's, it's enough for adults to watch it, but it's not dark enough that kids can't watch it. It's got some pretty graphic parts, though, like violent-wise. Violent yeah, wise. I mean, you got to yeah. know your kid, I guess. But well, I mean, um, so a dude like slaps a bear trap on someone else's head, so <laughs> you know. Yeah, but I don't know. I I think it's 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 a little dark, but I think it's also something kind of family friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really did enjoy Sweet Tooth. That was really. Good good it's on my list um, so i'll bump it up <laughs> yeah no yes. we binged it in like a day and a half i think because just something like, yeah because it's a short season it right it's like eight episodes yeah, i think yeah i yeah, think they're about like an hour, hour long, long each though okay so and not like an hour long like you know falcon and the winter soldier where it's like 15 minutes of credits like no this one just <laughs> has a short credit <laughs> there's definitely more episode on it um yeah i really enjoyed that show any other ones nate um, if anyone's same thing, not even uh, related to Doctor Who or anything, just a really good show. Um, if anyone's into anime, they probably already watched the show. If you're not into anime, I still highly suggest you suggest the show because overall, actually, kind of okay. I'm gonna go back. It kind of in the way of Doctor Who, there's a moral compass, and the protagonist connects with even the villains at a level that just gets you kind of like almost emotional in some episodes because it's really touching how he connects with the villains and understands them and is a demon slayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, I gave it a chance. Our, our kid loves the show and I watched it and I, our kid is 17 by the way. So yeah. He's not like a little kid. Gotcha. Yeah. Our older one watched it. And I expected it to be one of those, like, oh, you know, everyone just loves the show and it's just a popular show. And no, it, it turned out to be a really good show. Hmm. And I, I really like Demon Slayer and would recommend that to anyone, really. Well, well speaking of anime, um, have you heard of Legends of the Galactic Heroes? No, I don't no. think I have. Oh, boy, I don't know if... I... <laughs> <clears throat> Let me Google it. Maybe I'll at least recognize the characters. Okay, this is this will sort of take a little tangent because this show started, I think, in the late 80s, and it, it has like 100 episodes because it just kept going as OVAs, so miniseries, and it kept... A, like every time the decade would roll on, you would get an OVA, and it would look like uh, that particular style. And then, like... Battleship Yamato and Star Blazers, they redid it. So I think it's Spaceship Yamato or something, 2202. So they made an updated version in this uh, this modern time of Legends of the Galactic Heroes, the similar way they did to 
Battleship Yamato, and it's shorter seasons. I think it's 12 episodes a season. So they condense these these long story arcs into, I think, I, I personally believe, digestible seasons. And there's just something that really sucked me in in that first two episodes of Legends of the Galactic Heroes. It re- it feels like you you are watching somebody reading a book because it's a lot of narration and a lot of like world building in the past. They jump through time, but but yet I don't mind it. It's weird. Okay, yeah, I just googled it. I don't recognize it, but it looks like the uh, the same style as like the the original like Robotech era and yes. so forth. Yes. Definitely, we'll have to check that out. Um, I think for me, uh, one of my recommendations for Doctor Who fans is in the Doctor Who world is reading some of the novels. I've read some of the novels. They tend to be geared towards teens a little bit and more young adult stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're really good and they're fun. And it's like reading a novel is like watching like one Doctor Who episode in your head is how I feel. So it's kind of fun. It's like, oh, I got this new episode because for the most part, it's like the same companions and, you know, you can kind of, there's like novels for each new who doctors and i'm sure there's novels for the classic doctors the ones i've read have been new who and some of them like i just recently read the missy novel Mm. that came out and it's like having like a new episode in your head and it's it's pretty cool because you know the characters you know their voices you kind of you know it's it's fun so i do recommend some of the doctor who novels but like i said they are geared a little bit more towards young adult um and then we collect a lot of the comics, even though we don't read them. They're very beautiful. I have a problem of collecting <laughs> comics, um, and I always mean to read them. It's not like I'm just like buying them and hoarding them. I, For years, it doesn't matter if, whether it's been Doctor Who or Spider-Man or just anything I'm into at that time, I just get the comics and then I just never get around to reading them just because of life or time or work or whatever, or I get forget about them. Yeah. So I definitely recommend picking up some Dr. Who comics, beautiful art, and hopefully you'll read them. Uh, and then obviously there's like the big finish audio series there. The ninth doctor, if you're a big fan of the ninth doctor just made his return yeah. to big finish to Dr. Yes. Who through a big, big news, finish. Yeah. audio. Mm. Yeah. So, I definitely recommend trying some of that. But if you're not looking for Doctor Who stuff and you're just looking for something similar, uh, we've talked a lot about like how Doctor Who is appealing because of like the moral compass and uh, you know just the the positiveness towards humanity. And so I really recommend The Good Place. Oh yes. I think it does a lot of um, what Doctor Who does where, you know, nothing's ever like black and white. Sometimes there's like a gray zone in the way people are. And I just really enjoyed The Good Place. It's funny. They're short episodes. They're easy to get through. The characters are interesting. It's beautifully diverse. Um, I just really enjoyed The Good Place. I feel that way as well as uh, about The Expanse. The Expanse is sci-fi, so it's in the future. But I also think one of the things I love about The Expanse is that it's so hopeful about humanity. And it's so, there's so much, so many times when you think everything's going to go wrong and like humanity's best pulls through 
And I love that so much. And uh, I really recommend it for those reasons. I also uh, recommend Solos on Amazon. It's got a little bit oh, of yeah. time travel. It's it's new to Amazon. It just came out recently. And there are individual episodes that sort of connect, but not really. Um, it's like a short mini series. Mm. I think it's like eight or nine episodes. It's like six, I think. Yeah, it's it's like a very short mini series, but it's got some great actors: Morgan Freeman, Anne Hathaway, Constance Wu, just you know, a slew of like really great uh, actors in it. And every episode is heartbreaking and sweet. And some of them are just straight up like some of them will emotionally destroy you. Yeah, um, but it's. <laughs> It's definitely really interesting, really clever. It's got some sci-fi elements that I think uh, some Doctor Who fans mm. would like. So those are kind of my recommendations there. Yeah, I, I forgot about but the good place. That's that's good you mentioned so that. Good. It also has a good wardrobe because Ted Danson is similar to Doctor Vibes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Both ties uh, and suspenders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his suits it's look a amazing. Fun show. <laughs> He does. I really want to do a Janet and Michael cosplay uh, with Nate. We've talked about it, and we've never uh, gone that route, but that show is so great, in my opinion. It's a good show. But yeah, those are kind of, those are the shows that I really recommend. And also, Star Trek Next Generation, I feel that I love it for all the same reasons that I loved Doctor Who. Yeah. There's just something about, you know, Patrick Stewart that you know, and his like crew that just really, really speaks to me. And I, I respect it in the same level that I respect Dr. Who. Yeah. So Star Trek Next yeah. Generation, I definitely recommend for Whovians. And if you listen to our podcast, we reference Star Trek so much. It's just like <laughs> Star Trek for America, Dr. Who for the UK. It's just the the references are bound to cross over. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And before we sign off, any last thoughts, anything else you guys want to throw in? Um, I mean, mm. I, uh, <laughs> I think if, if, <laughs> like during this pandemic, if anybody wants to get into Doctor Who, they should, because you can kind of jump in at any, any beginning of the season, I believe. Um, yeah, you could jump in at the Ninth Doctor. Um, good jump in spots. Uh, Ninth Doctor, Eleventh Doctor, and Thirteenth Doctor, because uh, they're all kind of like resets mm -hmm. uh, where they just explain everything. Um, one of the things that Monica really loved about jumping in with the Eleventh Doctor and the beginning of his run was a little controversial because not everyone enjoyed it. Some people just straight up hated it. Monica liked the. Amy Pond introduction before the theme song, summing mm. up the the series like, this is the Doctor, he's a Time Lord, and you know, we've been running ever since. Like she loves that it <laughs> sets up the the story of the show before the show starts. Yeah, um, that whole like you know, my name's Amelia Pond, and yeah, you know, when I was a little girl, this Madman in a Box showed up, and you know. We've been running ever since. I love that so much. And as a new Who viewer, it explained a lot to me. 
So, uh, you know, because it does the whole, you know, he has a box that's bigger on the inside and can travel in time and space. And it just like explains it all really quickly. And I love it very much. I think, and, you know, I think you're the only person that I've met that likes that. <laughs> Which, I love it. Which is which is I fine. I like it. I love it. Which is totally fine. I'm not knocking it, but I'm like, I did not think I would find somebody. It is me. It is I. <laughs> I am the somebody. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, my only last thoughts are, you know, just hang in there, guys. There's a new season coming. I saw the filming photos. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hang in there and be kind when the new season comes. They've been through a lot. They're shooting during a pandemic. I know. Oh man, I, I I wish you would get a new outfit. Not that I, I'm not that I'm specifically hating on the outfit at all, but y'all have it way too easy cosplaying this doctor who has used the same coat for three seasons and same pants and same shoes and same socks and same everything. Actually, no, she got she got blue suspenders this series. I saw some filming photos. And she got different shirts, like blue and maroon. Right. Yeah, but yeah, and it's not well, enough. They rotate between shirts and yeah. sweaters that are the exact that same thing. Spyfall outfit. She got the um, the Spyfall outfit was sharp. I did enjoy. I did like that. That was nice. Capaldi no. had like what, like seventy two coats. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I agree. I think he you. literally had about twelve or thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. It's over it, his run. It feels like this is time to give us something new. Yeah, but she deserves a new outfit. Yeah, or a coat. Something, something. something. <laughs> All right. So before we sign off, can you guys please tell your listeners where to find you on, where to find your podcast, where to find you on social media, all that jazz? Sure. You can find the Who Knew Podcast at whonewpodcast.com. We have a Facebook page as well. We have a Twitter account, Instagram. If you type in Who Knew without the K for the new, as in new, N-E-W, Who Knew, you will find us uh, somewhere on social media. It's like new who, but who knew? Yeah, because we go, like Monica said, we go into all that production and background. So it's like, who knew? Play on word. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, for myself, you can find me on Instagram, a dormant Twitter, um, a dormant Twitch, and just a, a number of dormant platforms that I get to when I remember them but instagram's my main one i'm also a host here at temple of geek occasionally uh it's doc in the box sometimes with underscore sometimes not depending on how i feel and what's available as a username at the time um but yeah i'm doc in the box i like doctor who and uh there you go awesome all right guys well this is going to wrap up this episode of the temple of geek podcast we want to thank everyone who tuned in today and especially our guests eugene and talk in the box for being here with us today if you have any questions or comments feel free to hit us up on facebook or twitter using the handle at temple of geek if you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows why don't you head on over to templegeek.com there you will find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.